Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from Wrigley Field in Chicago, here's Greg Matzik. Good afternoon, everybody. Happy opening day. Greg Matzik and Dom Catronio here at Wrigley Field. Sandy Max in our climate-controlled studios in downtown Milwaukee. <laughs> Adam Roberts producing the program, a truncated version of Wisconsin's afternoon news. And we do want to get you updated on everything happening today, and that includes a quick look at the roads, baseball games, not a lot of traffic updates. We want to get you updated. Finn Askin has a look at the roads. He's in for dead. Hey, Finn. Hey, Greg. The system is really starting to get congested now. We're still seeing those delays on 43 southbound. It was slowing down all the way from Silver Spring down to the city with about a 14-minute delay there. 94 east and westbound are both seeing their usual backups as well. Heading eastbound from downtown to the zoo, there's about a 5-minute delay. And heading westbound, you have about a 4-minute slowdown. Everything else on the roads is looking all clear. From the WTMJ Traffic Center, I'm Finaskin on News Radio WTMJ. Weather tonight, scattered showers and isolated thunderstorms expected. We're actually going to see temperatures go up a little bit with a low of 47. Scattered showers and thunderstorms linger tomorrow. Could be strong or severe. Keep an eye on that with a high of 60. On Saturday morning, snow showers. Wind is going to increase with a high of 40. It's currently 36 degrees in the city of Milwaukee. Here at Wrigley Field, it's about the same, about 44 degrees. It was cloudy. It was a little overcast today. And it was not a full ballpark either, about 36,000 here watching the Cubs and Brewers in the season opener. And, and, and Dom, it felt a lot to me like what we saw last season with Corbin Burns on the mound, very similar start for him, kind of flat all the way around, just four hits for the Brewers, big sack of singles. Uh, not a great day for the Brewers here. Obviously, it's one of 162, but sort of a flat beginning to the season. It's flat. You flush it. You take the off day tomorrow and right back at it on Saturday. Look, it's one of those things that, I think we're still in NBA mode a little bit as Wisconsin State fans and a little bit of NFL mode, if you will, where you can live and die with every game. You know, it, it, there are results that matter with every single game in a way, but with 162 games, it's okay to come out flat once in a while. It's disappointing, of course, that it happens on opening day and to only have four singles, but let's be honest, aside from that third inning, Everything was pretty good for the Brewers, especially the pitching staff. Burns worked through his uh, troubles there in the third, didn't allow another run other than that, allowed no extra base hits in this game as well. The walks were odd. That's not his M.O., obviously. So I look at eight shutout innings with one weird tweener inning against Burns, the difference of the game. I, I think there's enough positives to pull from this that, hey, all right, weird day with the bats. Get back at it on Saturday. Yeah, Brewers had first and second in the early going of this game with one out. Couldn't get a run across. They had the bases loaded with one out. Couldn't get a run across with one out. And Rowdy Teles running into a double play. Uh, but the atmosphere around Wrigley, uh, Sandy, was really kind of fun, as you might expect here. They've, they've done a great job in the area surrounding the ballpark. And, of course, our friends at ESPN 1000, a good Karma brand station, were down the road. I hopped on with them for a little bit. But in terms of what the atmosphere was like at Wrigley, I saw a lot of Brewers fans here today. You would have been proud of, of the Brewers faithful that showed up in kind of a chilly day. Sure. And you and Dom got to witness Major League Baseball history that happily one of our Brewers did not do. You got to see the very first MLB pitch clock violation. Uh, yeah, we did see that with uh, with Marcus Stroman on the mound. So it, 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 the view of that from the clubhouse uh, or from the press box, and Dom was just a couple booths down from me in the TV booth doing stats for the Bally's broadcast. I, everything sort of stopped in the ballpark. Like everybody was just sort of looking at each other. There was no real like announcement of what happened. 
we're all just kind of looking at one another, saying, well, what happened? Is the ball out of play? What, what are they doing here? Uh, and then we saw the, the home plate umpire sort of wave everything off as if to say, no pitch, right? It's, it's, it's a ball. We, we've got a ball here without a pitch being thrown. So that's how it's going to be done here in the course of a Major League Baseball regular season game down. We saw it a little bit in spring training, but got to see our first one here today. And it was, you know, it happened and you move on. It's just like a shot clock in the NBA. It's like, all right, well, shot clock, go on to the next one. It's no big deal, right? I think the sooner we say, hey, all right, throw faster. We move on. There was just history as well, Sandy. You'll love this. For the first time in baseball history, just happened moments ago, a batter was called out on strikes because he wasn't ready to hit on the pitch clock. Wow. So, Rafael Devers is the man of history for the Boston Red Sox in a blowout game in the eighth inning. He fouls a ball off. He's looking down with six seconds to go on the timer, and umpire's like, wait a minute, you got to be ready at eight. Strike three, you're out of there. <laughs> wow, that is really going to speed up the game. And it, and it wasn't because he was, you know, redoing his Velcro and his head, shoulders, knees, and toe thing. He just really wasn't paying attention to the clock, and that's going to be something players have to keep an eye on now. Yeah, you, you know, the other thing, and Sandy, you'll appreciate this. I mean, baseball's long been the game that just slowly meanders through your afternoon or evening, right? So mm-hmm. in between pitches, what do you do? You kind of grab your phone. You do that, you're going to miss a pitch. Like that, the little things that you used to do, maybe just your own mannerisms at the ballpark, they're going to change because there's going to be something happening quicker at a quicker pace than we're used to seeing. So that was one of the biggest changes I noticed and, and noticed it really during spring training. Your mannerisms between pitches change because there is a clock and you sort of watch it like you do in basketball. So you've been through one Brewers opening day. Now you're primed for the home opener on Monday. What do you think some of the differences will be since you were kind of painting the picture there at Wrigley, how it'll be different to American Family Field on Monday afternoon? Yeah, it's going to be warmer. It's going to be nicer. (laughs) It's uh, going to be comfortable inside the stadium. One of the things we've noticed here at Wrigley, I've noticed it for years, uh, you'd think it'd be climate controlled in the press box and the TV booths. That really isn't the case. In fact, if you're in the sun out at Wrigley, you're probably warmer than those covering the game today. Uh, So much more prefer the uh, friendly confines uh, at American Family Field. But it's going to be great. It's going to be a good party regardless of the weather. And uh, I I would say weather was probably a factor today because the stadium was not sold out. It, It was honestly, and look, don't come at me if you're a Cubs fan, disappointing. Very disappointing to see empty seats at Wrigley Field. I know that will not be the case, at least at the level. I mean, they notably did not announce a sellout. That is shocking. What a baseball tradition, yeah. And I understand a product from Pewaukee made it on the big screen, rum chata. (laughs) (laughs) Now, here's another unpopular opinion that I have, and I I think I have several. I, can we just be done with Bill Murray? No. I'm so sick of Bill Murray. No. Right? Aside of Caddyshack, like, <laughs> what's the man done that was really redeeming? I don't find any of his stuff funny. I don't find any of his shtick funny at all. And there he is drinking rum chata on the Jumbotron. Drink it, chugging really rum chata. Well, he did something, man. <laughs> I, I'm just done with Bill Murray. I, I don't know when this started for me, but I just don't find the guy entertaining or funny aside of one role. Well, that's okay. He probably won't come up to Miller, excuse me, to American Family Field, but uh, I remain charmed by Bill Murray. But, uh, okay. amuse- <laughs> but I thought you could at least appreciate that if he's going to chug anything, at least it is a fine Wisconsin product. We'll give him that. He is supporting local, <laughs> which we definitely appreciate out of Bill Murray. Hey, we got a full show coming up here. Really, we're going to cram a lot, about three hours worth, into our two-hour show here. We'll get the latest from ABC's Andy Field on something that hasn't happened since the Cold War. We'll do our three at three at about 4.30. And a big day at Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. It is coming up. 
And uh, we'll get you all the scoop on that coming up at about 4.45 today. What's on tap? Charles Benson. We'll look at your weekend weather and Bucks Insiders with Eric Name. Huge game for the Bucks tonight, taking on the Boston Celtics. We'll see what that means for the Bucks' magic number to win the Eastern Conference number one seed. We are just getting started here. Domini at Wrigley, Sandy in the climate-controlled studios in Milwaukee. Much more Wisconsin's afternoon news after this on WTMJ. Well, it hasn't happened since the Cold War. Russia's FSB intelligence agency announcing this morning it had detained a journalist working for the Wall Street Journal on spying charges. ABC's Andy Field joins us with the latest. Andy, what do we know about the journalist? Well, what we know is uh, he's, uh, I think he's 31 years old. He has um, been in Russia for quite some time. He, he uh, got there, I think, in 2017. Uh, and just doing run-of-the-mill reporting. And, of course, uh, he's gotten caught up in all of what's going on in Russia because he's one of the few Western reporters that is still uh, in Russia because the State Department told most Americans to get out a long time ago. They did it again today after he was arrested and accused uh, on spying charges, uh, charges that, by the way, would carry a penalty of up to 20 years in prison. Now, the Wall Street Journal, um, who he works for, uh, even uh, Gershkovich, the reporter, uh, denies that he's doing any spying, and certainly the State Department denies that as well. But the problem here is he's already had his first court appearance without any American representation, because when these types of things happen, there's a treaty between the United States and Russia uh, that allows uh, embassy officials, if, if it was someone from Russia here in the United States, or U.S. embassy officials there to meet with uh, the person who's arrested to help provide some sort of uh, backup or background uh, to make sure that they get proper representation. Now, here's the interesting part. Just two days ago, Gershkovich published this article, and none of this is going to shark you or your listeners. In fact, I don't think you even needed to be in Russia to report these things. Here's what he wrote in a piece in the Wall Street Journal. The country's biggest exports, gas and oil, have lost major customers. Government finances are strained. The ruble has lost 20% since November against the dollar. The labor force has shrunk in Russia as young people are being sent to the front or flee the country over fears of being drafted. None of this stuff is is a groundbreaking reporting. Uh, this is stuff that we already know here in the United States just from other sources inside that country. So... Is this in retaliation for that article? We don't know the answer to that. We also don't know what information they have that Gershkovich was actually stealing any state secrets. And then what impact is this going to have, you know, every single step along the way in the Russia-Ukraine situation? Every time Russia kind of raises its head and either has a conversation with China or somehow interacts with an American drone, i got to think this is also going to exacerbate and make these these relations more tense well i don't know that they can get any more tense and it's about as tense as it's been since uh, the cold war ended uh, 30 40 years ago uh but the bigger issue here is what are they going to do with this journalist we've seen this playbook before we saw it with Brittany griner where she was arrested and convicted on trumped up drug charges and sent to prison for many many years and then very shortly after that uh russia made a deal to trade her for a pretty bad arms dealer from Russia who had been in prison for quite some time. 
that may be the game plan again to say, hey, look at this horrible thing that your journalist did but didn't really do. Uh, and uh, who else you got for us that you can send over here? And that seems to be uh, the game plan. The problem is it's, it's excruciating for the people involved in this. And the State Department today issued yet another warning saying, if you're an American citizen in Russia, we urge you to get out now. That's how low the relationship between the United States and Russia has gotten. Yeah, nothing easy about the situation at all dealing with Russia. ABC's Andy Field. Thank you so much, Andy. We'll check in again soon. Thanks. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Craig Matzik and Dom Catronio at Wrigley Field in Chicago. Brewers fall to the Cubs today for nothing. Dom has sports coming up at about 5.05. Sandy Max at our studios in the Avenue in Milwaukee. And Finn Askin is handling the roads today. And normally we do this near the start of the program, but a little late start because of Brewers baseball. Wanted to get you updated on some of the bigger stories that we're following throughout the day today. I say better late than never. Yeah, well, you're three at three at four thirty-eight, four forty. We can still do that, right? We're flexible. Yes, we are. What do we have, Sandy? Number one, a well-known actor is providing their voice to a Ukrainian air raid alert service in the voice of one of their iconic characters. Very interesting. Mark Hamill, of course, the voice, the character, Luke Skywalker of the famed Star Wars, is urging people to take cover when Russian forces unleash another aerial bombardment on the Ukraine. That's right. It's all part of an, an app that the, the Ukrainian folks have developed here, and Mark Hamill is lending his voice. So if there's an issue, if you need to take cover, it'll be Mark Hamill's voice that pops through your smartphone telling you that you need to run to the basement or wherever you have to find shelter. I, it's, I can honestly say I didn't see this coming, Sandy. But what a worldwide impact the Star Wars mythology has. And, you know, this is an app no one wants to have to download. So no, this the, is a no way, doubt. yeah, this is a way to at least, okay, pay attention and feel that comfort because you know when the threat has passed, what he says. The alert well, some of the, some of the things he says are, don't be careless, your overconfidence is your weakness, right? <laughs> He's giving good life advice, I guess, through the app as it's a terrible situation, and this is not to make light of it, but it certainly is something interesting that Ukrainians will be able to experience, I guess. I think it's a way he thinks he can help. And, yeah, when he signs off, he says, the alert is over. May the force be with you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What else do we have today? A bipartisan effort underway to deal with flyers who assault crew members on board an aircraft. Yeah, I, we've seen all too much of this on social media. The amount of unruly passengers boarding airplanes today, boy, it just seems to be out of control. In fact, the numbers are up, according to the airline's Federal Aviation Administration data shows there were 831 unruly passenger incidents in 2022. That was up from 146 in 2019. In between was the pandemic. I think the numbers would be skewed there. And the idea is this, and it is bipartisan, is that unruly passengers are just not allowed to fly that airline. And we've seen all too much of this. Still has a long way to go, but flight attendants are, you know, banging on the doors here of Congress to try and get a law passed that protects them in a work environment that is confined and potentially very dangerous when you're 30,000 feet above the ground. Yeah, because it goes beyond terrorism. This is just actual physical abuse coming, kicking, spitting, biting, all of it. So, uh, And it is being backed by multiple groups, the Airline Pilots Association and air carriers like American, Delta, and Southwest. So maybe something can come together to get people to behave. 
And yeah, under the legislation, uh, TSA would create and manage a program which bars passengers who are fined or convicted of serious physical violence and abuse from flying on commercial aircraft. That's just a component of what is perhaps going to be passed in time. And finally, we can look ahead to summer, right? Yeah, we're trying to embrace spring. Let's let's ease right into summer. Looking for summer lifeguard positions in Waukesha County. I think we both qualify here. We're both good swimmers, Sandy. Waukesha County Parks now seeking candidates for those seasonal positions, uh, especially in the Brookfield, Menominee Falls area. So Foxbrook Park in Brookfield. It's a wonderful place to hang out with the family. Menominee Park in Menominee Falls, just some of the places that are looking for lifeguards. You've got to be trained in the Red Cross system. You've got to have some waterfront skills. There are some certification standards that you need to meet, but uh, a great sign that summer and pool season is around the corner. <laughs> Waukesha County is looking for at least 30 positions to fill for ages 16 and older. And good news, Milwaukee County, they've been interviewing since January and are still training and hiring through April. I think I missed my calling. I had that opportunity when I was a 16-year-old. I ended up working at the Sunglass Hut at Brookfield Square instead. (laughs) I think I would have enjoyed the sun outside by the pool better. I think that makes a lot of sense, but, uh, you know, you can carry that look off. I like it. Uh, Fair enough. That is your 3 at 3 at 438. One story we left out because we wanted a little more time to expand on it. The Pottawatomie Sportsbook opening tomorrow. We've got all the details coming up next. We do have some breaking news. Donald Trump's lawyer says he has been indicted. The case involving payments made during his 2016 presidential campaign to silence claims of an extramarital sexual encounter is the first criminal case against the former U.S. president. We will have much more coming up in the news at 5 o'clock. Some big news happening locally. 20 sports betting kiosks at Potawatomi Hotel and Casino will be open for business the morning of Friday, March 31st, tomorrow, right in time for Final Four weekend in college basketball and the first full week of the Major League Baseball season. We knew it was coming. We weren't sure exactly when it would be launched. Tomorrow is the day. Joining us on the line right now is Justin Arnett. He's the director of the sports book. Justin, uh, welcome to the program, and congratulations, my friend. I know it's been a long time coming. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, and it has been a long time coming. We're really excited about it. How do you plan to celebrate the day and launch the official opening of the sports book? Ah, well, we're going to have a guest um, join us for the first bet. Uh, the mayor's going to join us and make the first bet to kind of internally taking bets on uh, what that bet's going to be. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. I got to think it might be on the Brewers. <laughs> ah. I, I, I was making the Bucks the favorite to win the championship. Oh, myself. I like that much yeah, better. We'll yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we, we have a blessing of, of sports here. So what uh, is the timetable? So tomorrow there will be two kiosks that are open, and then obviously the sportsbook's more permanent location. What is the timetable there? Yeah, so, well, it's actually 20 kiosks in two locations, yeah. but um, and, and then in the sort of temporary space, we also have uh, four ticket rider windows. So we'll be up have people to be able to help you make the bets, and then also the 24-hour kiosks. But um, the the ticket riders, we're going to be open, you know, roughly uh, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day, a little bit longer on the weekends and a little bit earlier on the weekends as well. You know, Justin, uh, several states uh, around the country allow both in-person and online sports betting. Mm -hmm. In Wisconsin, now the in-person thing is up and running in, in Oneida, now, of course, here in Milwaukee at Pottawatomie. Is there an opportunity for the hotel and casino to get on board with online? Is is there any way to do that through Potawatomi? 
Well, it's, it's, it's a moment. There's no plan for that. But, you know, I'm going to leave that in the hands of the state. Uh, if that ever comes, we're going to be prepared for it and be ready to launch an app. But um, as far as I know right now, that isn't necessarily in the in the works. But, you know, I don't know. Like I said, that's a, that's a question for the regulators. Justin, I think when we say, you know, like a sports book, we all think of the big walls full of televisions showing everything yeah. from horse racing to hockey to everything is that the kind of space that we're going to imagine at Potawatomi Hotel and Casino? Yeah, so that's the that's the end game. Initially, we've got what we're calling our temporary sports book. We've still look; it's still a nice space. We've got a lot of TVs, some big screen TVs, comfortable in there. The really nice kiosks. But um, longer term, we're doing it right, and we're going to build a really big uh, uh, permanent sports book that's. More along the lines of the big places you think of in Vegas, uh, with a you know it's going to be like a two-story, 125 foot or 120 foot wide wall, like uh, a TV wall rather. Uh, it's going to be you know outstanding. There's going to be nothing in the Midwest uh, that compares to our permanent space, but that's down the road. We just really wanted to get open and bring something to the people, um, you know, so you can get a bet down in the meantime until we get that built. Justin Arnett joining us from Potawatomi Hotel Casino. 20 sports betting kiosks will be open for business beginning tomorrow morning, right in time for Final Four weekend and the uh, in-earnest start of the baseball season. Of course, futures bets on the Bucks, Packers, who knows when Aaron Rodgers will be traded, right? It's, uh, it's a wide-open world, that is for sure. You know, you've seen it, it really work very well in other states, Justin, and I don't think it's a big surprise whether it's New Jersey or Colorado or any state in between. Not every state is on board with sports betting legalized but many states are most states are and what sort of research have you done to maybe give you a clue as your return on investment for opening the sports book yeah you know that's actually a really good question so i've been personally in the sports betting business for a long time my home is las vegas that's kind of where i uh came into uh i don't know it came into myself i guess so uh but i i moved from las vegas to new york and i was working um, for another company serving like doing the the app servicing an app and um uh when I look around and and, and see like sort of comparable states like if you look what uh, Ohio just did Ohio just launched I'd say in a lot of ways Wisconsin is similar to Ohio in terms of um sort of the makeup of the population and and, and whatnot and they're really like they've really uh, impressed everybody with the numbers that they're doing uh, when they just opened up in January. Uh, like per capita, they're blowing like us in the industry. It's kind of blowing our minds. Uh, and I, I think we have the similar kind of, um, I don't know, monster lying in wait here, right? Like it's a sports fanatic community. I'm, I've only been here a couple months, and it, it shocks me how much everyone is into it. Everywhere I go, uh, it seems like sports betting comes up when they find out that I'm the sports betting guy, like, uh, you know, win, win. And, I, you know, it's all, all I hear about. So I'm very confident that um, this is going to be um, sort of the it thing for a while. We're, we're going to definitely see good numbers, just like what they're doing. And not only Ohio, but Illinois has good numbers. Indiana has good numbers. Uh, I, 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 don't, I expect nothing less here. In fact, in some ways, maybe even a lot more. The place to be quite the buzz. Uh, Justin, so I'm assuming you're expecting some lines of people tomorrow morning once the first official bet happens at 10 a.m., but what if you're a first-timer? I heard you say you'd have ticket helpers, so 
I have not done this. I've asked people in Vegas, like, oh, go ahead, put it down on the Brewers to go to the World Series. What is that process if I walk in and I go, okay, I want to make a bet. Let's have some fun. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, that's a good point. I do think there's probably going to be a lot of demand. People are going to be checking out those kiosks. And, you know, when they first check it out, it's probably going to take a little time to get used to it and feel around what's in there. Um, I would recommend if you've never made a sports bet before and you're a little um, not sure what to do, I would get in the line and visit the ticket riders because um, I'm going to be there basically all day long, all weekend, however long it takes uh, to make sure people – are comfortable and they know what to do. We're happy to answer the questions. We're happy to make sure you get the bet that you want. And, um, uh, you know, we're just going to uh, figure it out. There's also resources online. If you want to do a little homework, you can figure out what some of the different bets types are, maybe a point spread versus a money line versus a, a total. Those are the big popular ones. Um, but um, just tell us what you want uh, to happen in the game, and we'll find a bet that fits your needs. Interesting stuff. Justin Arnett, Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. The sports book opens tomorrow morning. Congratulations, Justin. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Really excited. Yeah, very exciting times uh, down at Pottawatomie. Just a handful of states have no pending legislation when it comes to sports betting. It's Idaho, Utah, Alaska, Hawaii, Oklahoma, Alabama, and South Carolina, that's it. It's not on the horizon in any of those states. Otherwise, states are up and running. They have legislation pending. It's possible for inclusion next year, or like Wisconsin, just up and running with in-person sports betting. The online perhaps will come down the road.